Blog Talk Radio. afternoon, everyone. Today is February 4, 2018. I cannot believe we are in the second month of 2018, a new calendar year. This is Billy Jones, author of Everyday Folks Books and the creator and host right here on Everyday Folks Radio. You are listening live to BJ Speaks, a conversation with. And today I am very delighted to bring on a phenomenal writer and independent thinker. If at any time you'd like to speak to me or my guests, you may call in live at 347-539-5372. Again, that is 347-539-5372. And press 1 so that you may appear in my switchboard. And if you're a little shy and would prefer instead to inbox me with your questions, comments, or requests, you may do so at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Again, that is everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. And the link and the phone numbers are provided on the promotional material on my blog and as well as on my social media feeds at Billy Paul Jones. A few announcements before we get started. I'm very delighted that this month on February 17th, two Saturdays from now, here in Miami, Florida, I will be the keynote speaker at the Mango Writers Conference. It's the eighth annual Mango Writers Conference. This conference brings together writers from across the Florida and Georgia region for a one-day engagement where we attend the various workshops on craft, we exchange ideas, and, of course, showcase our works. And I've been delighted to speak or invited to speak as the keynote, and I'll be speaking on the following topic, writing and publishing in an era of digital rhetoric. For more on that, of course, you may visit my blog or my webpage at billypauljones.com, and I promise to host or provide many pictures, images, and, of course, reflections on this exciting experience. I've attended the conference myself in the past. So delighted, and I've even invited a few of my students as well to join me for the occasion uh, to get their insights and, of course, to help them develop their own writing style. Many of my students will be joining me as creative writing scholars. Another announcement coming up is at Broward College, March 19th through the 23rd, is the fourth annual Festival of Music, Film, Literature, and Art. And the college has provided is, is scheduled to provide 13 exciting events to take place over the course of a week. And this year's theme is titled Crossing Borders in the wake of the recent movement in terms of immigration, discussion, and reform. This week will allow the humanities to reflect upon this important thing from a variety of perspectives. So more to come on that as well. I'll post that information on billypauljones.com. Today's guest is someone who is truly remarkable. And I'll read the bio that is posted on the, on the website, and then we'll get started. Jesus in a Roman Centurion, a past life memoir, is a profound past life regression that captures the very essence of Jesus, in the words of our great author. The book is based on a past life regression that captures the life-altering moment when a Roman centurion locates the two-year-old Christ child 
and ultimately chooses to betray everything he had ever believed in or known. So here are a few words from the author's hook for the book. Imagine for a moment the alarm clock going off, then forcing yourself out of bed and into the bathroom to accomplish what every modern woman is expected to do before walking out the front door. But what if one morning when you looked into the bathroom mirror, someone other than yourself looks back? What if the person in the mirror doesn't resemble you at all, a petite Italian woman in her mid-40s? Instead, you see a man towering above six foot four and resembling a Roman gladiator. That's exactly what occurred one morning when Clementina stood in front of her bathroom mirror. Clementina's initial reaction, of course, was to throw cold water into her eyes, but the reflection in the mirror only grew stronger, and his piercing and desperate eyes told her, we need to talk. And in fact, that is a great segue for an introduction to the amazing writer and creator of this exciting work. Please welcome to Everyday Folks for a conversation, my dear colleague, Clementina Marie Giovanetti. How are you today? Hi, Billy. Thank you so much. I'm great. I am so glad you're here because I have tons of questions for you. <laughs> I have to share with folks. We spoke about a month ago, right after the new year started, and we talked about um, you and I communicated over email about this very conversation. You had this exciting word coming out. We connected beautifully in almost an hour conversation on online. And just from there, everything's been so great. But the one thing that we haven't spoken of since we last chatted was the fact that I did read your work. I was able to take in some of your other dimensions of your incredible work and, and listen to the work more so and get a sense of what your your incredible message is about. So I'm very delighted to have you here to ask a few questions. And I do have questions coming in through the live feeds as well that we will answer in time. But my first question to you is, what inspired you to create such an important work? Well, I think you just nailed it. The, the man in the mirror, he didn't leave me much mm-hmm. choice, Billy. You know, he wouldn't go away. I mean, I don't know how many times I tried to wipe his image off, thought it was just an imperfection Mm -hmm. in the mirror. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine for days, literally weeks, it was probably about six weeks, that every time I looked in the bathroom mirror, I couldn't see myself at all. I mean, where do you go from there? And then being a spiritual person, right, and a spiritual counselor, spiritual healer, you know, for so many years, I thought, I wonder, you know, I wonder if this is a past life that I somehow, for some reason, have completely forgotten about it and that I haven't even had flashbacks about it. And then that's what I decided to do. I said, you know, nothing nothing gained, nothing lost. Make the phone calls because I really didn't have like a past life regressionist at the time, mm-hmm. you know, in my, in my library mm-hmm. that I could call. And I interviewed them. And eventually I found someone that I really felt was credible that was, you know, because and I did not in any way inform her what this was about. I just gave her literally my first name. That was it. Told her I really wished to remain anonymous because I didn't know she was aware of any of my former public, you know, work. And so I didn't want her to Mm -hmm. know anything about me. And as I approached into her room, I had never been under a past life regression before. 
And so we both didn't know what was going to occur, basically until lights were out. And then there he was. So Wow. So what choice? Wow. <laughs> yeah, mean, well, it, you know, I mean now writing the book that's it, another it whole story. I mean actually it documenting is. and making that conscious decision through free will and choice to share it with the world. Well, as I talked about, I think, in the first two chapters of the book, you know, that that audio cassette stayed in my safe for many, many years. And I had declared that that was never going to come out of the safe. I was never going to share it because there were so many. I mean, like, right, you met Jesus, you know, 2,000 years ago, and and you were a man 2,000 years ago. I mean, you get into so many things. And it was too sacred of a moment, as you know, because you read the book, Mm -hmm. that I really felt, you know what? I don't know if I'm really, really wanting to share this with the general public. And then, long and behold, a year ago, a year and a half ago, it was like the man in the mirror came back and said, it's it's time. (laughs) We're sharing the story because they really need it. They really, this is going to really heal. That was the message I got. It was not only going to awaken people to so many aspects of their own life, but it was going to heal them. It was going to set them free. You know, truth, I mean, that's what it's all about. The truth will set you free. And there's so many things, as you know, through the book, through the story, that, Mm -hmm. I mean, are eye-openers. I mean, I've had so many people just go, oh, my God, right? Yeah. So. Yes. I, I had those moments. I have to tell you, I, I, I had a couple moments, and there were moments as I was reading, because I like to write notes and take notes as I'm, right, I'm reading. Right, and, and I And I said, wait a minute, I'm having these moments of introspection at a, at a level or magnitude that I didn't anticipate after first, of course, talking to you and then, of right. course, engaging in the first few pages of the work. But you begin to be transported into this magnificent world which for me, this question that I wanted to ask was this. If you had to categorize a genre, because at the end of the day, folks always, how do they find us, all the things that we do? Sadly enough, we're categorized. Instead of just going with the flow and going with your spiritual connecting universe, they, we're categorized from a business perspective, a business model, et cetera. So what would you say is the category or genre of your work? Because I was trying to play with it in my mind as well, mm. because it really blends the line, obscures the line between the boundaries between genres. And so I just wanted to get your take on that, because that really excited me and impressed me with how well you were able to transport me and make me realize that this could be in a number of realms or spaces when it comes to that platform of genres. Very interesting. Yeah, because, you know, most people, when they talk about spirituality, right, or any any aspect of spirituality or healing, it's mostly about technique, you know, yes. uh, some form of technique of, of, you know, meditation, right, to reawaken yourself or reconnect yourself to the soul consciousness and so forth like that, or even your healing books as well, you know, with Reiki masters and so forth like that. Right. It, it think, I think my story, the past life memoir, is really, really stands out that it is a real life. I, this really happened 
to me in right. this lifetime and in the former lifetime. And as I shared with you prior to going on, I asked you, did you listen to the audio cassette? So yeah. after going through this in my past life regression, she hands me an audio cassette, and she had tears in her eyes, the regressionist, like, oh, my God. Like she wasn't prepared for somebody to sit on her recliner, right? And, she, and I think if you could, you were able to tell from the regressional tape, yeah, she wanted to go back to that moment when I actually met him and what that was like and describe him and his energy and his presence. Because whenever – did she ever get a moment like that again? We don't know, right? Who, who didn't know every, right, right. who's going to walk into your office, right? So I think That's this right. is – this is real. I not only share, I, it was you know a challenge to find the words, but that's why I also uh, embedded the link to my actual past life regression tape that's online in an MP3, because I, I said, you know, if you're going to do this, do it. But I think, right. so where, where, where do you classify this? I mean, that you're able to time travel back at a moment in time that, right. you know, my God has made such an unbelievable impact on the planet earth and everyone knows the name jesus and to actually right. capture that moment uh where i actually met him when he was barely two years of age and to describe the way he looked and his presence and what he felt and his consciousness yeah that's a rare moment i mean even the bible doesn't no disrespect but the bible doesn't even capture his childhood you know, when he was just two years not. old. Right. No. Mm-mm. I, I, that, that is so important. In fact, as I was reading, there were questions that I felt like, oh, my gosh, Clementina asked the question because I felt like at some point I wanted to know more and right. I wanted to be in that moment and be you experiencing what you experienced. As, as overwhelming as it could be, you know, I could probably say that, but also as moving as it can be because it's almost like, well, why you? Why are you the chosen one to be able to have experienced this? Well, then you're tied with your prior self. And when we move on, I always believe, this is just my personal belief, when we move on from this world and whatever one believes in terms of belief systems, you know, we all go back and we're part of the universe. And that universe is a vast place. The ending of a life begins another. So that cycle continues. And so I felt like at some point as, as you were furthering and, and having these flashbacks and these movements of time, it was a merging of historical fiction meets slight sci-fi autobiogra- autobiographical. It's a memoir, of course. It was right. all these things. And I've yet to come across a work in my career and in my educational training that embodied all of those elements. Wow, thank you. And the interesting thing that I didn't actually spell out in the book, and unfortunately you and I didn't Mm -hmm. get to touch on it, Billy, prior to writing the book, but I had my audio cassette, and then since that time I had undergone several other regressions, and it kept on going back to that life as well, Uh, and so that I can get more detail. Okay, that I didn't have to deal with my death, my transition, and the uh, the tr- profound, right, emotional trauma that I was going through. You know that that audio cassette right. captured from that first yes, regression of that actual moment, and how that choice that I made. Oh my God, how it impacted this lifetime. That one moment that I chose not to betray him, not to fulfill my duties as a Roman centurion, not only what it 
the outcome of that lifetime, but how it affected this lifetime. But prior to writing the book, I didn't tell you and I didn't say it in the book. I had all my notes from what I was wearing, every every little detail that I could remember. And I actually found a historian that specialized in Roman times. And we never met. She was out of state. I just found her on the Internet. And I consulted with her over the phone and said, I'm going to describe things to you, including that. Was a Roman centurion XYZ dates allowed to be married? Because I knew without a shadow of a doubt I was not allowed to be married, but I didn't understand why. And she explained it to me. And then I explained about my pay schedule. You know, what would a Roman centurion, because I knew that I was paid at least five times more than my foot soldiers. I knew exactly what I was wearing. I mean, literally on the phone, like the centurion, I had become the centurion. I remember that moment when I was describing my clothes and I was literally looking down at my body. And I was the centurion again. And I was describing her, and she was asking me, and I was explaining to her the lappets and everything and my shoes. And finally, she kind of freaked out, and she said, who are you? What is this all about? And I said, well, right, you you might actually hang up the phone on me, but I'm going to give you a truthful answer. You're talking to a Roman centurion right now. And Mm -hmm. he is present. That's part of my... Akashic Records, part of my personality from a former lifetime. And then I explained to her what my project was. Billy, she stopped charging me because she was charging me up until that point. And I think we were on Mm -hmm. the phone for almost four hours. She delved into me like a dog on a T-bone steak. Oh, yeah. Wow. Because she knew how could I have known these Things. Some of the things that I was bringing up, because I was a nice right. scholar, right? Yeah. So she is like, how did, how did you know this? Because I think it was her ego. I knew it was her ego and her pride. It was like, I know this oh, because this is, what I've, this is what I got my PhD in, right? So she was kind of surprised that a common person with no real formal education would know all of these historical details, mm. right, that intimately. Yeah, it was quite a fascinating conversation I had with her. And then that was what solidified when I brought that information to the book because she documented and she gave me the correct names of those things and so forth and so forth. It was interesting. Yeah. So I documented it with her PhD. Yeah. That is so fascinating. And when you started writing this work, I have a question regarding your process. Each writer has a, a process to start committing the ideas first to perhaps pen and paper, if not the screen, the computer, Mm -hmm. keyboard to screen. What was your process like for generating this? Because at first you had to develop, you you had to have been at a different station of your life in order to approach the truth of all this. But then now there came a point at some point where you said, you know what, I'm ready to share this with the universe. Right. What was that process like? How did you begin to, craft and and generate the ideas that ultimately brought the book to fruition well billy first i had first i had to heal because as you know from reading the book and and listening Mm -hmm. to the cassette 
lifetimes caused and created profound trauma in my life. And there was a lot of healing and there was a lot of integration. There was a lot of letting go that I had to go through. And both lifetimes have been just so profound. And so that was the first thing I did. And I did that by listening to the audio cassette over and over and over again. And basically cry all the time and then walk. I'm a walker. So I walk four or five miles a day in the woods and I would right. just allow it to integrate and heal. Then I talked to the historian and got that documentation. And during this time, you know, I was less emotional. I was just getting more grounded and more prepared right. and creating more of a, a journalistic writer, you know, platform for myself. You know, how can I convey the story, right, that, that occurred in both lifetimes in my life uh, to a general audience? And then I just sit in front of the computer. And I really didn't know. The first thing I did was the transcription of the audio cassette. That was the first thing I did. And then I really didn't know. I mean, for like three days, I just stared in front of the computer. And I've okay. always been an automatic writer. And then I basically just said, you know what? And what I do, you're going to probably find this shocking. I blindfold myself. That's what I do. Ah. I take a scarf. And I blindfold myself. And lucky for me, you know, because I'm 63, so I learned how to type on a typewriter back in the, you know, right. in the 60s. Right. And so I'm an, I, I excel at typing. And so I put my hands on the keyboard, I blindfold myself, and then I pray. That's what I do. I, I just give it over to yeah. God. I really do. And say, just, just take it. It's your book. It's Jesus's book. Just however you want the story to convey. And then it's this automatic writing. And I never, ever look at the screen. And I could type up to 75 words a minute. And I'm just, it's coming through me. They're just downloading it. Like I hear it. You know, it's, a, it's just like Amadeus, you know, when he heard the music. Yeah. And then he has his paper music, in front right. of him. Right. And he's just writing out the score. That's how I've written every one of my books. And I didn't know it was going to be the same protocol with the Jesus and Torian story, but it ended up because I spent like three days just staring at a blank screen and nothing was coming out. And the moment I released my will to God and said, all right, I guess we're doing it the old fashioned way, the way we've written all my books, I'll blindfold, go ahead. It's yours. They just downloaded, and the book was already written. The book was already written. Wow. It was just downloading me, and I was just the typist, and there's your story. And wow. and the last three chapters, I wasn't prepared for, because as you know in the story, I ended it with the actual transcript of the past life regression, and I thought we were yeah. done. Oh, no, they had lots more to say, no. didn't they? <laughs> yes. yes in they fact, did. I love that I love that so well that you were able to after giving us a storyline, giving us a story, you brought it back. You, you, it started at the how do I say this? It started at the beginning where there was this in, this, this connection, you know, th- between parallel worlds and times, the same thing. Right. Then it flashes back. It does this combination of things: flashbacks, magical realism. Bringing in the idea that the, the the ideas of the past, the visions, um, the connections, the further now understanding through in, introspection of the protagonist to see herself. Okay, how this explains my my nature today. Probably what you were thinking. Here's who I am today. Now, coming forward to the end with the the next task, if not the wish or the the duty, 
And that was to, to now memorialize this truth and share it with the world. And, and I think me, what really got me, caught me off guard uh-huh. was, I don't remember exactly what chapter it was, but when I was 10 years of age and my Italian Roman Catholic family, you know, was bringing me to the church to get confirmed by the Roman Catholic Church. And and there I was, you know, blindfolded and chapter by chapter, you know, the story's already been written. And there, and, and let me try, I mean, I had to take times to cry. I mean, I was like, okay, wait a minute, because I couldn't stop crying because they were bringing back, right, so much recall, so many, so many so memories right. of my childhood. Memories. You know, easy for them, just words. But as I was typing them, you know, they were becoming alive and they were reawakening all of these memories that I had, you know, that I had very nicely, you know, been able to put dormant for such a long time. Right. And when we got right. to my 10 year, 10 years old in my confirmation, and I was reliving mm-hmm. that moment where I was walking up, you know, down the aisle to the church, to the front of the altar where that priest was waiting to confirm the children. Oh, my God, I had completely forgotten about that moment, Billy, you know, where they struck me. And when I looked into the eyes of the priest and refused to kneel down before him and kiss his blessed ring, and then that other priest behind him struck my right shoulder in front of the entire congregation. I mean, there were over 300 people there. And and it it didn't even dawn on me. Until that came up. Now, I had already done the transcript already, and that was somewhere floating at the, you know, another chapter that we had a long way yet to get to. And I was like, oh, my God, I forgot about my confirmation. That's why I didn't kneel before him and kiss his blessed Uh ring. I had no idea. Because I didn't have recall at 10 years old that, in fact, I had met the two-year-old Jesus and had knelt before him and looked into his eyes and definitely saw Father in his eyes. So when I looked into the priest's eyes, there was no God. He didn't know God. And how could you call yourself the legal representation of God on earth Mm -hmm. by the Roman Catholic Church and kneel before you and kiss your emerald ring? I don't think so. But at 10 years of age, that's amazing, isn't it? That that cell memory, even though it wasn't in my conscious state as a child, I was still responding to it. I was like shaking like like a volcanic eruption, Billy, was occurring inside of me as I was walking up to this priest. And all I knew, my soul forbade me. It was like, no way. You are not kneeling before this man. I don't care what he says he is or who he says he is, and you're definitely not kissing that emerald ring. And it wasn't until I went through the regression, right, and then started writing the book, and then they download, oh, yeah, and when you're 10, this is what happened. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I completely and that forgot. And moving for you. You know, to have that moment and this regression, it's, it brings it back all the The regression has put everything together for me because at 39 years right. of age, then I my yeah. gift of healing also awakened, and I started laying hands on people and animals, which I share a little bit in the memoir. And again, it's like, where did that come from? Again, it right. came when I was kneeling I, at his wow. feet. And the regression is, was Beautiful. I mean, once she realized what was actually unfolding in her recliner and the moment where we were both at, 
I mean, to listen to that tape and she said, you're a healer. And now I know where you got your heal- your healing gift. You know, he seeded you with it that moment 2,000 years ago. And it took 2,000 years for it to take form in this lifetime. Right. And that's interesting. I don't know if you were able to measure that, but I died at 38 years of age as a centurion after, obviously, I chose to betray my military orders and then chose my execution. I was just barely 39, like 38 39. and then 39 yes. one month when my healing abilities awakened. At the time it did awaken you at the time of your life. When it, when right. I just picked up where I – it was a continuation from done. that former lifetime when I met him. Amazing. Who would have known? I, I have to say, two thousand years. Yeah, I mean, it's just amazing, say, isn't it? Two thousand years. That's what I'm going to say. That, that your use of time order and and time travel, you were very, very um, deliberate in making sure that was executed, if not understood well in the storyline. Because if, if many many readers, they don't pick up on these special things. And as as a writer right. myself, I'm very fascinated with the writer's craft and command of time in the context of the plot. And I thought that your use of time and chronology as it relates, the cousin or daughter of time, that was so beautifully done and you were able to carry it forward. And your story is very parallel, by the way, to the plight and message of Jesus. Because yes. it's incredible, the sacrifice, the sacrificial human lamb, and then therefore now his message being carried forward. He's died and left, for, you know, died for man and womankind to exist. And your story and your rebirth, your renaissance is, is so similar to that. I mean, it's And when I same, shared about them like, with the awakening yeah. of the gift of healing in that town, Blue Ridge, Texas, imagine, right. Billy, if I had already been awakened, if the antiquity man had already showed up in my bathroom mirror prior to the awakening of the healing. It's amazing God's timing. And and then I would have, you know, gone to regression as, okay, then I go to this little town, Blue Ridge, Texas, and now I start laying hands on people and animals. Well, it would have made sense, right? Oh, well, yeah, I met him 2,000 yeah. years ago, and he seated me with the gift of healing, you know, and then when the locals <laughs> responded with such an intense and violent persecution, you know, it would have made more sense. But it didn't happen yeah. that way. God allowed me and awakened my gift of healing to come totally blindsided. I didn't have the human, the conscious recall of my previous life as a centurion and the moment that I met Jesus. And in fact, that's in fact when I was anointed with the gift of healing from him. And that also what happened to him and the outcome and how people reacted to him, unfortunately, in his lifetime. So the similarities and the parallels. So once I went through the regression, oh, my God. And then when the book started getting downloaded through me, that's when I went to scriptures, and it was like, and there he even said it. They're going to persecute yeah. you. Yeah, they're going to hate you just like they hated. I was like, but see, but in 1995, when I arrived in Blue Ridge, Texas, and the healings began, I had no conscious awareness of any of this at all. None. Of course. And I had to really go through it 
by myself, you know? And so to say that the regression in that moment was a healing for me, like it really dotted my I's and crossed my T's, and it gave me such profound clarity and understanding to really recognize and understand who I have allowed myself to become in this lifetime and why I have the gifts that I do is just amazing. Wow. And who would have known? Because a man showed up in my known? mirror, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I love the fact that, you know, thank you so much for what you provided. And I have tons of questions that are coming in now. So I'm going to turn to some of these questions now. Those of you okay. who are listening now, you're listening to me. This is Billy Jones, author of Everyday Folks and creative of Everyday Folks Radio. I'm here with my colleague and friend, Clementina Marie Giovanetti. And we just had a great half-hour conversation about the context of her work some of the tools and in, 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 in process of how it came to fruition, and above all, its ultimate message and how it came to be to her and trans, now transformed and translated into the world. And so several of you are in, in, sending me messages. If you still like to get in on our, on our line, the line is 347-539-5372. One more time, that number is 347-539-5372. And Clementina, I can see that they're not shy. I have tons of questions here, so we're going to go ahead and jump in. But for those who okay. still like to get in, if you will, the email address is everydayfolks with an S, listen at gmail.com, everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. So, Clementina, this is a question from Linda from St. Louis, Missouri. Thank you for listening, Linda. And here's the question. I'll read it slowly. Of all the spiritual messages or inspirations you have received, Clementina, which one has been the most memorable? The most profound and memorable message or understanding or insight that I've gotten from all of this is mm-hmm. that what Jesus eventually, as a young adult, was able to attain and to accomplish in his life his profound intimate connection with God, his intuitive abilities and gift of healing, and his ability to be in the world but not of it, and to carry and attune himself with the frequency, the energy of love, no matter what, that that is our true nature. And I have been so, so privileged. That is our potential. That's who, in fact, each one of us are. It's just dormant within us. And I thank God that Father has given me a new life, now called Clementina Marie Giovanetti, that he gave me another opportunity, because basically that's what I have aspired to. I was able to experience exactly what I consider my brother, Jesus, what he was allowed to do in that former lifetime 2,000 years ago. I have been privileged to do in this lifetime. And so what I've gotten is that is our true potential. When God created each one of us, that's what he designed. And it's just up to us to choose it and to make that a priority, to be in the world but not of it, and to put God before all things, and to not be afraid to become awakened to our soul consciousness and our soul potential. 
because it's rather than becoming robotic and humanoid and you know looking at a pair of jeans or shoes or hair extensions on our neck these are these should not be the priority our soul should be the priority and imagine if each one of us chose that consciousness you know you could call it the Christ consciousness with the knowing that we in fact can become and manifest we can express that consciousness through each one of us the earth would be a very different place. A very different place. Well said. Well said. And this next question is coming in from Nigel from Orlando, Florida. Here's the question, Clementina. I want to write a book, but don't know where to start. Hmm. Clementina, what was your first published experience like? And Hmm. what did you learn from it as you move forward in your writing career? My first writing, I was 17 years of age in Chicago, Illinois, and I had a non-electric Smith Corona typewriter and paper and carbon paper. Uh, and I, I did the same thing. That's when I, I never organized. I never, you know, I've always written about experiences that I've had. And so I've always just allowed it to come through me I don't try to make it up as I go along because I've always found that it's it it it's all, it already it has greater I mean really the, the essence of it is so much more powerful and profound if you just allow the story itself the freedom to come through you you know so I think you need to sit back as a writer sometimes and just be a typewriter just type away and use automatic mm-hmm. writing and let it just come yes. through mhm yeah. Thank you for that. And Nigel, I agree with everything Clementina said. At the end of the day, Nigel, you just have to make it happen. Because at some point, you, if, if your wish is to create this, this work and share it with the world, at some point it must begin. And so right. I, I agree with everything she said. And I have two questions, Clementina, that are coming in there. I'm going to couple them because their requests, the, the request of information is similar. One comes from Stinson from Alabama. And the other comes from Chris from Austin, Texas. So they both want to know where can they find more of your books. And um, Stinson says, you seem very intriguing, Clementina, by the way. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I'm very user-friendly also. <laughs> yes, she is. She truly Yes, is. I am. Well, the book we're talking about today is Jesus and a Roman Centurion, a Past Life Memoir. And it got released mid-November. And other two mm-hmm. other books that became bestsellers is the best-selling guide to spiritual interpretations of your dreams and miracles and a prophetic message from an angel. And that really zones in in Blue Ridge, Texas. And it was a diary that I published about when, in fact, my gift of healing did awaken. And boy, do I describe it in detail what that was like when God was coming through me. My website is www.spiritual wisdomtv.com spiritualwisdomtv.com that could be a good starting point to look at so you have the correct titles and the correct spelling of my names and so forth but my books are on amazon.com all over the world and Barnes and Noble and Kobo and Smashword and Apple iTunes so wherever is convenient and it's in print and also Mobi and EPUB so whatever they prefer and I'll share, since in particular, I was able to get the book through iBooks as well. 
which is an extended component of Amazon. So I so it is available wherever, truly wherever books are sold. Books are and I do right. Walmart.com yeah. got them too. So yeah. Yeah, cool. it sure does. And I, I, in fact, it's funny you say that because I, when I was looking for my own work at Walmart, I didn't realize Walmart had my own. And I said, well, let me yeah. try women's Venus book. <laughs> there it was. I yeah. said, Look at this. This is just so awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, today everything is connected, you know. It's a small world today thanks to the cyber. Yeah. (laughs) Here are more questions for you. And those of you who are listening live, this is BJ, and I am here with Clementina Marie Giovanetti. And we're discussing her latest work, which is Jesus. Hold on one second. I just dropped my pen. Jesus is in a Roman centurion, a past life memoir. And these questions that are coming in are coming in from pretty much the East Coast, Clementina. So let's see if we can jump in and get a few of these before our time is up over the next 20 minutes. Okay. So Donna from Atlanta, Georgia, wants to know the following. In your book, you create the encounter with Jesus in a fascinating way. What do your critics think of the book, even though it's very new? I've got none but five-star reviews. Mm-hmm. Across true. the board, from all the readerships, and mm-hmm. I'm going to say nine out of ten hosts. Um, the host, none of the hosts were prepared. You know, most of them don't do pre-interviews as you did, Billy. Most of them just book you, and then you go live. <laughs> but between that time they right. book you and you go live, they had the opportunity to read the book, and I could tell you, right. none of them were prepared. And they all were really deeply touched and infected. It it really has had a very profound effect on everyone. And no one was prepared for my story. I don't know. Nobody could really – after they read the book, it's like, well, what, what were you thinking? What did you expect? And then they're like, they're so beyond – after reading the book or listening to the audio cassette that they can't even remember anymore, you know, their preconception when they booked me. But it's definitely was way beyond what they thought when they booked me. But mm-hmm. I've gotten five stars mm-hmm. on all the um, Amazon and everybody. So the readers are, are all really, really like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And they want more. They, they're hungry now. And I have I've really opened up a doorway. Out. Yeah. Yes, you did. And I have to share as a reminder <laughs> Please remind me to go and make sure I post my comment as well because I definitely yes, please, yeah, great as well. And well, I, I think it's great for the readership. Time. You know, I think that's a good thing that Amazon and Barnes and Noble and these other people have because if somebody is new, let's say and they didn't have the fortunate experience to listen to your show, Billy, and they just just find my book, right? And it's just a book, and I think the reviews really help. They really do. They do. Yeah. They really do. Miles from Connecticut has a question. Thank you for listening up in Connecticut, Miles. Clementina, at the heart of every writer is a very vulnerable place where they are most human. What are your vulnerable moments as a writer? And do you ever let them surface? Well, Billy, I think, can uh, confirm that I was 1 million percent transparent with my story. I didn't hold anything back. Yes, you were. You were. Yeah. yeah. And, you were. And, 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 and the only reason I, I did miss a deadline, um, I actually had to get a new interior designer and cover designer because I actually missed the deadline. And the reason I missed mm. my deadline um, where the manuscript wasn't able to be sent over was because I had to take days off 
because I was just emotionally going through so much. And I would just have to walk away from my desk for two or three days. One time I actually had to walk away from my writing desk for two weeks because I needed the time to integrate and to heal. And I knew I couldn't go any further because I also didn't know what else that they were going to be downloading <laughs> either. Like, oh, my right, God, right. what else? Right, I had forgotten true. about that. I didn't remember that. I didn't right. know. Oh, my God, that's right. That happened to me when I was however old. And so once I start seeing the pattern emerging, then I realized that I needed to give myself that time. But I think when you write, if you're going to write a story like this or anything that is of a true realistic story, this happened to me, you need to own it. And you need to be transparent and you need to be intimate. You need to help your reader as close as possible experience exactly what I experienced. And that's why I elected to also share the audio cassette because I wanted them to have that experience because when else are they going to be able to have that kind of experience? So I wanted to give that to them. Yeah. Grace just asked a question. Grace is from Denver, Colorado. And I'm going to read her question because it's an honest response, and I'd love to hear your reaction to it. She says, I'm both excited yet still hesitant about checking out your book, Clementina. What would you say to someone like me in order to get me to read your book? Good question. Uh, Just get a – just get a a warm, comfortable place and cuddle up, and you're going to discover – Sides of yourself, elements of your own self, of your own personality, of your soul, you're going to find out that we have a lot in common, that we're not really different at all. And although you might not be aware, you're not aware yet, you haven't had an awakening like I've had yet, we have everything in common. This is who you are. Mm. This, this is why I, sh- I decided to share this, Billy. As more and more and more it was unfolding, I realized that I'm really telling the story about all of my brothers and sisters. And even though they may not have arrived there just yet and had that moment just yet, I wanted them to embrace my story as really a gentle and loving and kind it's it's time to remember. It's time to remember that. who and you I, really are you have and to, to reach your own potential. Mm-hmm. And, Grace, I have to add to what Clementina said. One of the things that I feel with any work, Grace, if you are listening to everyday folks, that means you are fascinated by the idea of what it means to be an independent thinker. And so I hope that you will consider reading the work to celebrate that independent thinking and the creative arts and what that has to, to offer the universe. And somewhere in there, there is a beautiful message. And I've read this work as well, and I can say that I experienced everything Clementina just mentioned, and then some. So please do pick it up, and thank you for listening to the show. I have a couple other questions here that are coming in that are really cool ones, actually. So cool. Omari from Columbus, Ohio, wants to know the following. So what is coming next for you, Clementina? What are you working on at the moment? I'm working on two things. I am, um, when I first started, and I was 17, 18, 19, 20 years of age, a long time ago, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And people weren't quite ready for me just yet on the public level. 
um, and my healing gift hadn't awakened. But I was still I still established a private practice as an intuitive, as an intuitive counselor. And so every time I went to school, and I went to school, and I and I uh, was certified as a hypnotherapist. And, and within that hypnotherapy was also regressional work and age regression and progression work. And so even though I wasn't able to totally come out of the closet back then in the 70s with all of the abilities I had and what I knew, because the people were really shy back then and very sensitive about stepping over right those lines, I started right. implementing self-hypnosis, you know, and it really helped. So I'm actually in the process and have been working on this and will uh, publish it in a couple weeks on a new platform called patreon.com slash self-hypnosis. And in that will be in all of these beautiful self-hypnosis videos that people can use whenever they want and as often they want. But Billy, you know what the incredible thing happened the first time I actually sat down to record the first self-hypnosis video? Was that God decided to use this as a vehicle to embed my healing gift. (laughs) And it's amazing. These are not like anybody else's self-hypnosis. No. Mm -mm. So that's one of the projects. And the other project is some of the response I've gotten from other shows that I've appeared on is Mm -hmm. people want more. And as grateful and humbled as I am for the opportunity of being on these wonderful shows, I've decided to create a podcast. And hopefully we'll produce like five one-hour segments a day, a week, so like Monday through Friday. So this way, it's basically, I see it as a library, you know, like a vast library of my experiences and the profound wisdom that I've been able to gain from all of my lifetime experiences. Mm -hmm. And this way Mm -hmm. people can attune and subscribe to the podcast because there's just no way it, there's just so much that I have been blessed to experience and gain that it's just unfortunate that on guest appearances and the audience has really been telling me we want more, we want more. How can we they get more of you right. on a regular basis? So I've decided, right. to, and that hopefully the podcast will be up and running in about a month. Mm-hmm. That is great, and I'll I'll share from personal experience. That's the very reason why Everyday Talks came to fruition. I wanted to find a way to reintroduce everyday folks um, to a new generation of readers because from its initial uh, release, it had a different audience and purpose in time. And I recognized that everyday folks have evolved as much as I've evolved, and I needed a platform to do so, and hence came the birth of Everyday Folks Radio. And it has been a tremendous success with over 4,000 Listeners and downloads annually. Oh uh, my God! See, it's great. (laughs) So you're. I just wanted to give you that encouragement, dear friend. Thank you. You're moving in the right direction by utilizing your gifts and 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 channeling them through a communication platform that will allow you to really effectuate change um, among others and at more rapid speeds with the incredible work you're doing. There are two other questions coming in, and we're on the last 10 minutes, and this has been so exciting. I cannot believe the hour has flown so beautifully as it has. So here's a question that I think is a strong, beautiful question, and it comes from Oliver from Boston, Massachusetts. 
Oliver wants to know, what do you want your life's legacy to be? Thank you so much for that question, because when I was, in fact, allowing the story of Jesus and a Roman centurion to download through me, knowing, consciously knowing, oh, my God, I'm about to share this with the world. So I did think about that and its lasting effect or impression. And what Mm -hmm. I want more than anything is the opportunity Mm -hmm. to be able, through this story and my work, is that other, my, my brothers and sisters, are able to experience the same profound connection that I have been given with God and Jesus as well, that they, in fact, will be able to awaken uh, that soul consciousness connection and be able to fulfill their true potential as well and allow the gift of healing to come through them and be able to hold that place of divine love and to be able to see through all of the man-made artificial illusions and to just let go, let God, and no more hatred and no more fear. I really hope that just many of my brothers and sisters are going to be able to basically experience that same consciousness that I have arrived to. Then I can look back and go, okay, I've done good. And then the ones that have arrived to that can begin to awaken the remaining family wow. members as well. Yeah. And Erlene from Atlanta, Georgia, asks a similar question. I'll, I'll state the question, but you kind of just answered it within the context of the previous question. Who or what inspires you to keep writing? Mm, the truth. There's so oh, much unnecessary it. human suffering and chaos today and fear mm-hmm. and a sense of hopelessness. Um, what's going on in the man-made world, uh, the artificial reality, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the matrix, is just so unnecessary. And I want people to know that that is not truth, what is going on in our man-made world, and that there's no reason anymore for people to obey or conform to the man-made world and all the prejudices and all the fears and all the divisions. And as you know, I very well spell out about skin color over and over again in my book. And no longer should the white-colored skin men of our world on this planet have the authority over all of our souls and our lives and cause us so much unnecessary suffering and persecution. And no longer should they have the authority to do racial cleansings. There should be no more of this. There is no such thing as immigration. There is no such thing as aliens. We're all, it's one God, one family. And that's what propels me to continue to write because I want to continue through my words of truth to help people to remember who they are and what they are, a soul, a child of God, and not to allow this human, just it's like a disease, it's a cancer, it's so poisonous, to program you and create hatred. They're teaching our children hatred. They're teaching our children untruths about ourselves based on our humanness, our color of our skins, our nationality, if we're Democrat, if we're Republican. 
this has got to end. This is such an old, old, old paradigm, and it's mm-hmm. a destructive paradigm, and it, it's a void. It and there's nothing there, and it lacks love. And so it's time for all of us, and I love every time I hear about the protests, resist, you're not my president, yay! <laughs> Shows are waking up. Cells are waking yes, up, true. and now the Harvey Weinstein, and now this mm-hmm. Olympic medical doctor. Yes, that's right. Cells are waking up, and Billy, they're taking their power back, right. and they're questioning Absolutely. authority as they should be. I love. I wrote down as you've been talking throughout, as we've been chatting, actually, and you're being answering questions. Folks who who are listening, I have all these really awesome. I'm going to call them Jones. I'm going to call them Clementinisms, okay? Clementinisms <laughs> are these one-liners that she has created that I feel that, all, I mean, these should be just on T-shirts and, and promoted in memes online. <laughs> Statements such as, our soul should be the priority. And another one that you just gave me just a few minutes ago, which I thought was the most beautiful answer, two-letter, two-word answer to Erling's question in Atlanta. Who, what inspires you to keep writing? The truth. The truth. And one God, one family, help people to remember who they are and what they are. These lines are just so beautiful, and they reflect the beauty of the amazing work that I've had the privilege of reading. And I want to say to you, thank you for a very moving conversation. I felt like you were actually speaking to me as I was reading the book. So I felt like I could hear your voice because you have such an inviting voice. And I could hear your Thank you. Your that, voice. And that's I that's something that I'm the, consciously aware of when I'm writing. Yeah, I focus just that way. There. Yes, I do. But that's it's always like there's only one person in the room and I'm telling them my story. So thank you. I'm glad that conveyed. Yes. I felt like it was a private conversation with me and mm-hmm. ultimately, of course, with the world. And mm-hmm. I just wish you all the best in what you're doing. And listeners who are listening all around the globe, This work is one that you must pick up if you have a technological device, which I'm assuming you do, because you can hear everyday folks right now as we speak. Please do go online to Amazon.com. I'll be posting links to Clementina's uh, feeds, especially where her website is. She mentioned the um, spiritualwisdomtv.com website. I'll be posting those under the link or the page title who I'm supporting to continue to support all that you're doing. And I do want to share as well, Clementina, this is not the last time you're going to be here. We welcome you back to Everyday Folks Radio. We want to see what you're doing and to continue to help support and and, and showcase your incredible work around the world. I say thank you to you and all that you're doing. Any final words to our listeners? Thank you so much. And I and I and and I just hope that they really do reach out to me and they can contact me through my website at spiritualwisdomtv.com and let's proceed forward as one family. One family unified no matter what our skin color is, race, religion, creed, it doesn't matter. We are souls, and it's time that we unify and help each other and awaken each other and heal each other so the suffering can stop. This is unnecessary suffering. The family has been so broken up, and it's time that we come back together again and look at each other as soul sisters and soul brothers, and don't let the human world 
and change your mind. Just don't don't even let them put in this nonsense, you know, based on color and religion or money. It's ridiculous. It's time to just own who and what we really are. I think Thank you so much, Clementina, for being on the show. And I'd like to thank, thank all of you for listening today and for the questions that came in. They were truly moving questions. Please come back next Sunday at 3 p.m., everyone, for more exciting shows here on Everyday Folks Radio. Aniki's show, Journey into Passion with Aniki S., will be returning later this month on Saturdays at 3 p.m. with another exciting segment as well. And our girls who run our incredible show of Keeping Up With K-Pop. We'll be live on air this Friday at 1 p.m. with another segment, an exciting movement on what's happening in the K-Pop world. This is Billy Jones here on EF Radio speaking with my colleague, Clementina Marie Giovanetti. Thank you for listening. Until next time, take care of yourselves, and we'll hear from you soon.